I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. Lindergaard making Forrest backpedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris, expanding via the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from Trott. Goal. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Glovers Cast. Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, however it is you're listening. If you're listening in Wales, you've stumbled across as a Wrexham fan, I think the phrase is Bordar. Um, uh, you are very welcome to join us. We will be talking about the game against Wrexham. We'll be talking about the fact that nothing's happened and talking about the fact that we all quite hope that this podcast will be very out of date by the time it goes live tomorrow morning. We shall wait and see. It is the uh, gang back together once again. Say hello, Ian Perkins. Hello, Ian Perkins. And say hello, David Coates. Hello, David Coates. That is de- delightful. It's the last time for a while that the deadly trio, the troublesome trio, are going to be together. As Ian, you've got another holiday coming up. But first... Where's he going, Ben? Where's he going? Where are you going? Are you going camping again? Ribs Causeway. Oh, there we go. Oh, dear. Yes. Um, So we better make this a good one, I suppose. Not that they aren't all. Yeah, I do think you you got your um, on your intro. You said bang, gang and bang quite close together. (laughs) (laughs) Dangerous territory that way. Dangerous territory. How did I? Where, where did I use either word? Going out with a bang with the gang, something the like gang, that. Oh, good. crikey! You said yeah. the gang, uh, the gang bang back together, or oh, something dear. like that. <laughs> that a bit... Right, there's a the title: the gang bang back together. <laughs> Ruth, um, uh, let's talk about some some football things. Um, we Is also, there any? Um, well, let's let's rewind a bit. We've all we've all had several sleeps. Uh, several rule twos have applied to the Stuntalk game. Um, Listening to the manager pre-match, he uh, pre-match for the Wrexham game, he actually sort of wanted to make the point that he was quite pleased with the way we went about things, especially late on, but that we had moments in the first half as well. Dave, have you have you changed your mind on that Scunthorpe game at all and the way we went about it, or are you still a bit miffed? 
I changed my mind on Jamie Records' goal because if you remember, you said to me, you watch it back and you'll think it was actually quite a nice flowing move. And you were both absolutely right. Malachi Linton. Oh, again. Great little, uh, great little thing, and and I did, and uh, I do agree with myself that it was a good finish as well. So <laughs> I was right there, but um, but in terms of everything else, no, I haven't changed my mind on it. I still think we were useless in the first half, defensively, offensively, in midfield. I don't think anything worked in. Um, the, I do agree with the manager that there were opportunities there, um, and and I just think to myself, what how many opportunities there could have been if we hadn't set ourselves up in a completely crazy kind of way. <laughs> I like you think a you think a three five two is a crazy formation. Um I think you might get a did, little bit of the crazies about two o'clock on Saturday afternoon then. We did used to Gary Johnson used to play with a three, didn't he? Yeah, but who, gonna, but who were his three? I was going to say Gary Johnson's three will have involved Terry Skiver, which automatically yeah. elevates it. Lockwood, Miles, Skivo, that'll do. Roy yeah. O'Brien, Jimmy Agri, Jimmy Agri, Hugo Rodriguez. There's a few in there. Mm, not bad, Jimmy not Agri bad. is a shout, I have to say. Yeah, but have yeah. either of you changed your opinion on on the Scunthorpe game? I'm still just as frustrated that we didn't get something. We didn't get that second goal. Yeah. I thought we were completely on top towards the end. Um, but yeah, I I don't know if I use the word fear, right? But I fear that come two o'clock Saturday afternoon, I'll be sat there looking at the team sheet going, oh, that's a 3-5-2, isn't it? Oh, that's Charlie Wake for the right wing back. Oh, yeah. The thing is, though, we can line up with that exact same, those exact same players and not play a back three. When I, you know, I put in our chat, didn't I, that I thought it was a back four originally because mm. it it could have been so i think it gives you that flexibility on the pitch to be able to change it it would be nice to, it would be nice to not realize that at half time and do it yeah. you know after the first 10 minutes when i'm not sure who your left midfielder is though perry worthington pearson, pearson. but that's not the same 11 what i'm saying is if perry starts again and nothing against the lad but if he starts again and it looks like a three-five-two, I'll be sort of. I can just feel myself going, "Ugh, that's my fear." But I think we might, and then we might just have to go with it. Don't know. Don't know. Who knows? I think he's probably learned. You'd like to think he's learned from no. that. That you know, maybe that setup and that shape with you know, if Charlie Wakefield's your wing back, that's probably not the answer. I mean, um, I said, I said, I said on um, Monday, I don't see how anybody can watch that performance to think Charlie Wakefield's a right wing back. I don't see how anyone can watch Charlie Wakefield in the second half against Gunthorpe and think that he's not an amazing right-sided winger who can just cause all kinds of havoc. Yeah. So I put those two things together. If Charlie Wakefield starting a right back again against Wrexham, then it is literally a suicide note. <laughs> That's, that is what it is. I'm sorry, and I don't know who who finished. He gets finished off at the end of it. But there's a three, 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 five, two, three, five, two is lovely when you've got the ball a lot. It's really nice. When that's why got... Wrexham play it. Yeah, and that's because you can you can free up your fullback areas because no one's bothering with it. It's horrible when you haven't got the ball, and we're not going to have the ball on Saturday. And who's the so... perfect person we've got on our team to get in behind a left wing back? Exactly. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. I'm I'm no tactical 
um, expert by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I've read Inverting the Pyramid about 10 years ago. It's about as close to a tactical thing as I can get. But when you haven't got the ball, as Scunthorpe did, they just have all the freedom in the world to sit in those fullback areas and just rip you to shreds. And that's all they did to us. And that's all they did to us. It was a very simple tactic. And I don't think we're going to have much of the ball again on, on Saturday. In a game where we do have a lot of the ball, cracking, let's do it. Let's go with it. And you just let, let record and Wakefield go and they become attacking wingers and it becomes almost a, a three three two two with those two widest and attacking at all times. Cracking, brilliant, amazing. Can't wait for that. Not against Wrexham. Nope. Are, are we in danger of setting ourselves like we did last year where it was like, well, we'll go and beat the small teams and then we don't go and beat the small teams. <laughs> I think we'll have the ball against them and then we go and lose. Um, Maybe. I mean, I mean, but if that means we beat the big teams, we're fine for Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> the problem is if you don't beat either, then it becomes an issue. <laughs> that is a problem, yeah. I think the weather is going to be a bit of a curveball this weekend as well. The manager was asked about that three or four times. <laughs> yeah. And, and I mean, that's important, isn't it? Yeah, the weather is uh, it's going to be a bit hot. I mean, I don't know how many times, how many different ways you can answer that question. It's legitimate to ask it once, I think. <laughs> Apparently, what would you have asked, Ben? How would you have phrased that question? If you were there, how would you have phrased that question differently to try and draw a different answer? Ice pops, yes or no? Uh, <laughs> ice pole. Um, uh, I would have asked how he would lean on his new physio, of which we don't really know an awful lot of because he was just randomly a new guy that was on the pitch on Saturday. I would ask about the new physio, who he is, where he's come from. We know he's from Torquay, but I want him to tell me that. And how uh, Scott Wickens' um, strength and conditioning has changed this week. Should we call him Squickens? Squickens. Um, how Squickens has changed his mentality this week and how he will be uh, of a extra importance this week because of the heat, do they have to run less, for example? I'd have gone down the medical route rather than bit on it. And and Dave, if you were the manager, how would you have answered that question from Ben? I, I'd have said, uh, I used the word phrase, that's for sure, quite a lot, I think. And is, I'd have said, yeah. Is Squickens in the building? Yeah. yeah. Squick, squick, I'd have, I'd have, now, I'd have got a pint of cider and I'd have downed it in front of him and it goes, that's how you hydrate, Ben. That's how you hydrate. I like it. I like it. Yeah, that's that yeah. suits me just fine. That's that's how I would have asked. There you go. All right. There you go. Last time I downed a pint of cider, it did not end well though. So uh, maybe know. not. Maybe not on webcam. <laughs> <laughs> A dodgy internet connection. Yeah, chat chat roulette. <laughs> 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 Could you imagine chat roulette with Chris Argreaves, Sheridan, AD, Paul from the Gazette, and that, yeah, oh no, let's not go there. Um, so at the start of this podcast, Ben, <laughs> yes. you, you um, you you know, we're hoping this podcast's dated. Yes. How are we hoping this podcast is dated by the time the listeners hear it? The thirty-five goal a season striker that joins tomorrow morning. Wow. Yeah, 29 years old, peak of his powers, really fit. He's really kept and looked after himself over the summer. Somehow no other club wants him. And, and he only wants a quid a week. <laughs> and Scott can sell him at Christmas. It's too much. It's too much. We got a loney who could come for nothing. 
and, dem- and demanding a minimum fee release clause of five million pounds. <laughs> well, that sounds great, doesn't it? Um, I, 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 I find I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> um, have you got any names you can pin those attributes to? <laughs> those attributes? No. <laughs> <laughs> Robert Lewandowski has decided to sack off to Barcelona. We could we could loan him from Barcelona because they can't register him, so he's not doing anything. So if you're bored, I'm, Rob, I'm sure he's probably enjoying Barcelona. <laughs> I feel like that'd be quite a nice place to just chill out in and get paid however many million pounds a week. I'm sure he'd quite like to come to Yovalona. <laughs> Yovalona <laughs> sounds like a dodgy luncheon meet, doesn't it? So are we still hung up on... the Oval Owner is a dodgy luncheon me. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, are lawyers. We... <laughs> <laughs> are we still hung up on a striker then? We think we need a striker. Uh, striker, midfielder, defender. Uh, we, we're good for keepers. Good for I'm, those. I don't know. I, I'm probably in the minority here, but I still... We might need one striker. We need a striker. But I'm not sure. I'm not. How do we know we need a thirty goal? Well, one, there's not a lot of thirty goal a season strikers out there who are probably going to want to come to Yeovil. So, do we not have our first choice strikers? Because I still feel we need that. I still feel we need a centre midfielder. I don't think we can. You know, I know it's only been one game for Perry, and he's a young guy, and you know he carried a knock, didn't he? he got injured again in in that game. Um, one, I'm, I'm not sure we can rely on him, you know, to be that grab a game by the scruff of the neck. And I'm not sure we can rely on Lawson to have to be, you know, play 40 games. Mm. So I still think, I still, for me, said that we still need that Ed Upson type midfielder <laughs> in there. Player two, and I'm happy with Staunton and Worthington, with Perry with Pearson coming on and being attacking with um, with Diaz when he's fit and available. I'm happy with that. I'd like to see a little bit more. Yeah, that Ed upson S type player would be perfect. Of course it would. But I still think we're putting a lot on, as they were described, the crime-fighting duo of Fish and Mal, which I liked from uh, Chris Hargreaves. Fish and Mal look good up front together. Hang on a minute. I prefer crime. Fisher and Linton. Fish and Mal. Um, so... Um, for me, I, I yeah, I want the third. I want the extra striker. Maybe maybe that's Kravosti, and maybe we'll find that out over the next couple of weeks. But right now, I I, I want a an earmarked, perfect standout striker. I do. I still think Linton's that. Um, did we? Did I say on Monday's episode that we could have done with Del Gorman on Saturday? I'm not sure because I think that might have been one of my post match. Or my couple of sleep on its feelings that what we could have done with a midfielder like Gorman in there, who does was and quite was... good at keeping the ball and was also quite happy to wipe out a player if necessary. And talked we went... about snapping someone, didn't he? Yeah. yeah, I think and I think you went down the Albiskendi route rather than. Oh Dale yes, Gorman's. I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On reflection, after having a couple of sleeps on it, um, pints of cider. Yeah, Dale Gorman could have been that type of. I was hearing from the stewards that they have a problem with seagulls on the roof of the stands at Scunthorpe as well. So Dale Gorman could have helped them with that as well, couldn't he? <laughs> That's why we signed him, I think, because we always have a problem with seagulls. Yeah, part. take seagulls out. 
and at work. They literally have a bloke who comes in the car park at work every couple of weeks with a bird of prey that what? they let loose to fly around to scare the seagulls away because they cause havoc on the um, houndstone, yeah, houndstone site. We have, we have it on top of our building at work. We have a stone owl. Nice. Does the same thing, apparently. There's a lot of bird chat here tonight, isn't there? There is a lot of bird chat. <laughs> can, that yeah. link to, can that segue to our chat with the Wrexham fans, or should we just shoehorn it in there? I, I'm going to say shoehorn it in there. I'm not sure there's any bird connections I can make between um, uh, us and uh, Mr. Nathan Salt from the Rob Ryan Red podcast. <laughs> So hello, this is Dave and I am joined this evening by Nathan from the Rob Ryan Red podcast, trying to say that with your teeth in, uh, a Wrexham AFC podcast. So Nathan, first of all, welcome back to the Glovers cast. Thanks for having me on, Dave. Appreciate it. No problem at all. I think the last time we had you on, you were uh, you were winning down at our place not long after. So I'm hoping uh, the uh, history doesn't repeat itself. But I've got a funny feeling that it might. I was just saying to Nathan off air that uh, I was just having a look through the Wrexham squad, and this is a League One squad. These are there's, there's not many players here that I can see that I don't think. Yeah, he's League One or he's least League Two. Um, so tell me, Nathan, why isn't this a League One squad? <laughs> why isn't it? Because we've got some kind of Wrexham witch doctor curse, as I always say when I come on other podcasts. Uh, you know, and, and I think everybody thought that. Everyone sort of had Eastley in their predictions as a team that are going to go down. Opening day of the season, Eastley 1 0 up, and we're all thinking, here we go again. Somehow this great group of players uh, looks look scared, look a little bit shell shocked by the expectation and the, the crowd. I think it was nearly 10,000 there again. Ultimately, yeah, on paper, we have so many weapons now. And, and you saw it by Elliot Lee coming off the bench, scoring a brace, easily lose. We've won the game. And, you know, he, he's not fit. He's barely played in preseason. So if that's an Elliot Lee that's not fit, who scored two sublime goals, you know, a frightening prospect. Uh, and, and yeah, like you say, the, even if the, people will say League One, but even if they're not League even if you don't think they're League One, they're at least League Two. And there is oh, an, yeah. absolutely now no excuse for Phil Parkinson because he has the squad he built now. You, often you hear, don't you, managers coming in and you say, well, it's not his group of players and, you know, he's got to build it. This is his team now um, in almost every single department. So, you know, really, we could do with a goalkeeper. We've got one fit goalkeeper, one fit senior goalkeeper. So, you know, that would probably be the only hole if, God forbid, anything happened to Mark Howard. But, yeah, we're absolutely loaded in in other areas Players, you know, you see players like Jacob Mendy coming into the fold when you've already got Callum McFadden at left wing back, or you go and get Anthony Ford from Oxford. You know, it's it's not just Paul Mullen that's dropped down. It's four, five, six, seven, eight players, or whoever it is now. I've lost count of how many players have dropped down. So, is this the year? I I wish I could say it was. I have no idea. It's got to be, hasn't it? Well, I think I have not seen a National League prediction where Wrexham don't finish top. No. Uh, 
yeah so so i would say yes if you're asking me has it got to be this year it, it, it's got to be this year i mean let, let's just go uh, rewind the clock a little bit and i won't ask you to relive the nightmares of the um of the playoffs because i think everybody knows knows what happened there but what has happened in the summer at Wrexham? because i think whilst you you seem to have added you haven't added quantity as much as quality is that fair to say yeah i mean i think by the end and anyone who watched that grimsby game could see that we weren't the finished article by then you know we, we'd, we'd spent money and we'd, we'd we'd invested heavily and if we'd have gone up i don't think there would have been too many complaints but ultimately we lost some key players you know, lost a, a rob Layton in goal lost aaron hayden at the back and ultimately you know seven games mullen was suspended for throughout the season we just didn't have the depth so i think what the key focus was this summer was moving on some of those squad players and elevating to a to a significant quality the the depth you know we looked at the bench at the weekend we had jordan davis on the bench he got 20 goals last season elliot lee who's left luton in the championship joined us you know been at charlton and other places oxford i'm trying to think who else we had on the bench um yeah, mendy came off the bench by yeah me, 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 mendy exactly you know jacob mendy one of the best wing backs in the division so you know, the quality is just unbelievable now and the competition that will breed for places. So that really the key focus was not about let's rip it up and start again or let's stick exactly with what we have. You know, there's there's a line that goes around the club a lot that not everyone can come on the journey. And that's really cliche and a little bit kind of Hollywood and everything. I get that. But that that is a, a phrase that's quite common in, in the buildings inside the club that not everyone can come on the journey. And, you know, you... You saw, you saw that in the summer, you know, Phil Parkinson quite ruthless with certain players, you know, Tyler French was moved on, uh, Dan Jarvis was moved on, you know, these kind of players at Gateshead, Dan Jarvis now, uh, Jordan Ponticelli's gone to Kings Lynn, uh, Tyler French has gone up to Dundee, so, you know, other players, Cameron Green left earlier in the in the season, obviously Jamie Record was moved on mid-season and to Boreham Wood and then now to yourselves, so yeah, it'd be, it'd be, it'd be really interesting to see him actually at the weekend, but yeah, the main main crux of it is that we've decided to go with more or less a football league team and we're banking on the fact that that will do it. Now, uh, as you say, every Wrexham fan that I've heard from seems to have this look of fear in their eyes. And I guess it's, uh, it's, the, it's the years in non-league football. It's obviously the experiences of last season. You call it uh, witch doctor curse. Uh, what is it about Wrexham that... Uh, that can't kind of get your, your mindset of it. Yeah, this has got to be it. We're going to, this is HMS Pistol League, isn't it? Uh, I, in sale. I, I spoke to Dean Keats, our former manager the other week, and he actually probably put it much better than I ever could. And he said that when, Rex, when nothing's expected of Wrexham, they overachieve. And when everything's expected of Wrexham, they underachieve. And I'm not sure it's quite that black and white, but he, he's definitely got a point there. There is substance to that. You thought, you know, when we went through such financial difficulty, nobody really expected much of us run by the fans, you know, no millions of investment. We get 98 points and finish second to a Jamie Vardy led Fleetwood. You know, those few years of the fans, we really punched above our weight on a budget that just wasn't, shouldn't have been competitive. Now we have a budget that can blow everyone else out of the water. You know, paying. I think I think John Askey was getting carried away saying we got a goalkeeper on six grand a week, but you know, there's plenty of money going around at the club, and and now every single week teams want to knock us off the perch. So, 
what is it? I don't know. I always say this witch doctor because I don't know. I think there's so many scars that as a fan base, it's hard to, it's hard to get rid of them that, you know, scars are permanent and people still remember that 98 point season or, you know, when we lost to Newport in the final a year later, or, you know, missing out on the final day to Dagenham before Dean Keats goes and, yeah, so many near misses, so many it could have been. And you saw last season, that was almost the the most classic of Wrexham implosions, really. Mm. You know, so good for so long of the season. We beat Stockport a couple of weeks earlier in what was a brilliant display. Stockport fans were saying that was one of the worst they felt after a game. You know, they completely outplayed once they went one nil down. So, you know, it, it's what I find is with Wrexham is it's about can we stitch it together week after week and I was at Woking away last season where we lost I was at Boreham Wood away where we drew and ultimately we couldn't piece it together week after week after week and so it's with respect it's going to places coming up Yeovil, Chesterfield, Dorking can you just go there and just keep grinding out results Wrexham have too many or they have in recent years have had too many ups and downs and just need a level of consistency now where we believe we're the best team and we play like it yeah, I mean, in fairness, you say Stockport, everyone beats Stockport. You over beat Stockport over and away last season. So, uh, you know, it's, uh, it, it goes without saying. Uh, I mean, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm joking. The, <laughs> um, the, the, the game coming up this weekend, then, as you say, you are, I, I don't know what the odds are, but I, I can't believe that you're not absolutely nailed on favourites for, um, for, for this one. What are you expecting from coming down to the Oval? A, a tough game. I, you know, I, I honestly do believe that any game away in the National League is hard. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I've been all over to watch Wrexham. You know, Aldershot, Barnet, and you've come away with Halifax. You've come away with good results. But it's really, really tough. And, for example, it's all well and good. Our flair players get in, I don't know, a, a great atmosphere, a great pitch, wide pitch at the race course. You know, you're going to go down to... Uh, Hewish Park, or you're going to go down to Meadowbank, I think it is, for, for Dorking. That's going to be a plastic pitch. I also think, you know, your players are going to be bang at it. They've got absolutely, I hate they're saying that they've got nothing to lose because you've got three points to lose, but really no one's expecting anything of you outside of probably your fan base. I'm sure some of them would like to think you can cause an upset, but, you know, at the end of the day, it's 11 v 11, and who knows what's going to happen. Last time I was at Yeovil, Rob Lainton. I don't know what he did. He dropped the ball. Yeah. Courtney, Courtney Duff has just tapped it in. I think we ended up losing that game 3-0. You know, and I, I was absolutely fuming that day with the display. So you just never know. A red card here, a double book in there. Honestly, anything can happen. But realistically, I just hope we see Elliot Lee from the start. I think his cameo the other day showed his class. And if he's on it, I think your defence will get nowhere near him. Yeah, I was going to say, when you look at the players that you've got there, you, you say Elliot Lee coming off the bench, but you've got Paul Mullen and Ollie Palmer up front. I mean, who, who, who drops out if he if he comes in? I mean, is that the kind of change you would expect to see this weekend? Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at it. It's pretty much, uh, whatever you to call it, it'll be Mark Howard in goal. This is my predicted team for you. It'll be Mark Howard in goal. Back three will be Aaron Hayden, Ben Tozer, Max Cluith again. I think Jacob Mendy will come in on that left side. Um, I think it's a good battle there between him and Callum McFadden, but I think Mendy will come in on that left side. I think you're going to get Anthony Ford down the right, so that's your back five. I think you'll... What am I going to say here? I think you'll have a midfield two of Luke Young. I've got a feeling it might be Jordan Davis playing in a more withdrawn, deeper role. 
think you'll have Elliot Lee playing as a 10 in front of them. And then, yeah, the, the Paul Mullen and Ollie Palmer partnership up top, which will leave the likes of James Jones, um, you know, in reserve, Callum McFadzie and potentially Liam McAlinden, uh, Jordan Tunnicliffe. Dior Angus could be any of them, and not all of them will make will make it. Sam Dolby, who we haven't seen yet from Southend, he didn't make it on. So you know that's the team I would expect. I think it's just whether he, whether Parkinson goes a little bit more defensive minded and maybe plays two more orthodox midfielders. I think Tom O'Connor would have played, but he got he went off injured, um, and we don't know really the extent of that injury. So. We may learn more uh, between now and kickoff, but I, I doubt he'll play. So yeah, I would I would expect us to play something like a three four one two, something like that. Okay, so you've given if he's listening, our manager Chris Argus, you've given him the formation, you've given him the team. Uh, I'm still I mean, not confident there's anything we can do to stop it. I, I, that's the thing. I you know obviously managers aren't going to put their team out there all the time, but really. Even Wrexham last season, they they consistently, consistently had this you know the same team. You know what I mean, really, and yeah. week to week. But there was nothing you could do about it. Just too many good players. I, I honestly think Aaron Hayden is one of the best, if not the the best defender in the division. Uh, I think you know for all the plaudits that Paul Mullen gets, and uh, Ollie Palmer gets, and Elliot Lee will get, and Jordan Davis will get. I, our season fell apart in a way when Aaron Hayden got injured. So. Yeah, he's a, he's a threat in both boxes. I think your fans will watch him and and come away with the same conclusion that he is a real a real class act that really has no business in the national league. Um, so I'm I'm excited for the trip, uh, another trip down to Yeovil Junction and then finding our way from there. So um, the fun and the fun and the games. But I'm expect I'm hoping for a good turnout. You know, it's early in the season. It's you know it sounds like we're going to need factor fifty. It's going to be a scorcher. So. Looking forward to it. I don't know. I, I'm more interested to know what your sentiments are other than just fear that you're going to get turned over. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, fear is, is probably it. I mean, I don't know if you uh, if you caught any of the the first 45 minutes of our game against uh, Scunthorpe, but we played a, a back five in what I can only describe as one of the worst tactical experiments I've ever seen in my life. Assuming it was an experiment, my biggest fear is that we go back to that again and it got taken apart against a pretty average Scunthorpe team who, who were pretty average. Um, and we made them look like the Brazil 1970 side. So um, uh, against, against your players, um, I, I dread to even think um, what there is. I mean, our expectations are probably mid table. So um, right. same, same, same as last season. I mean, if we can have some nice moments throughout that, like being the only team to win at the race course last season, <laughs> then um, we could, we did get the open top boss for that. Um, which yeah. Your fan, your fans were, you know, through bitted, gritted teeth, uh, said uh, after after that game. It was very pleasurable to be able to walk around. Looking forward to seeing Liam McAlinden as well because we only saw thirty four minutes of him in that game. So uh, I, you know what, if, yeah, if so. you even if you even see him, you know he's yeah. he's so he's so far down the pecking order now. Um, you know, he's a versatile player, but one of those where master probably jack of all trades, but not a master of any. So. That's always, I always think that puts you at risk of just being cut. Uh, always kept around the squad, but never really in a role. Whether he plays, I, I, I doubt it. But, you know... You're not what, what biting if... on my bait here, Nathan. I'm not biting on it. I'm not biting on it. I'm not biting on it. The only other... 
the only other thing I've got to say is Aaron Aiden played 90 minutes in that game. He still lost. So, you know, best defender. Right, right. right, there. right. <laughs> hey, look, best, <laughs> okay. best, best, best defenders can see goals now and again, as you know. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, what, what I would say is that I think our issue, and this is what I'm intrigued to see first at your place and then when we go to Chesterfield, you know, the expectation will be on the home team to have a go, at least. I know you're, I know Rex will be heavy favourites to go and beat you, even on the road, but we need teams to have a go at us. Eastley did so well in setting a blueprint of sit deep, banks of four, frustrate, run the clock down as much as possible. And the players got so frustrated by it that they lost their edge a little bit and then they scored, you know, Eastley, and then they had something to cling on to. So, you know, am I expecting that to be the norm at the race course? Yes. Am I expecting that to be the norm on the road? I don't think so. The home crowds won't accept, surely. I'm sure Yeovil fans won't accept you just sitting behind the ball for, for 90 minutes hoping to counter, will you? Surely you'll want to see the team have a go at least. First, ga- first game of the season, you'd expect it. But it does it does rather sound like that will be playing entirely into your hands. So I'm, yeah, Exactly, I'm exactly. Too, so it's biased. Too, it's a bias for me. But I'm, I'm, too, it, I'm in two minds. It is. It's such a tricky one because, like, because yeah, the blueprint to... To, to beat Wrexham really should be to frustrate where possible and not because ultimately if you go toe to toe and start swinging punches we should knock you out really with the, with the amount of talent we've got so I, I don't I don't I don't understand the criticism of teams not doing that if I was a manager I wouldn't go try and go toe to toe if my players weren't up to it but I don't know I'm just excited to see Jamie Record try and because he, he saw he gave that interview saying he was so up for it and he had it circled on his calendar like imagine him sort of like nodding to himself like this is the game you know I'm gonna show them that they were wrong to get rid of me so almost I'm almost certain that Jamie Record is gonna get sent off I'm almost certain that he's gonna get a red card. He scored he scored a goal at the weekend. So, he did. Um, it was amazing. Yeah, amazing yeah. That, but I think he's gonna be so amped up for it that hopefully he doesn't go two foot in on Paul Mullen or something touch wood. But um, yeah, I'm ex- I'm excited. I'm excited for the game. You know, it's one of those early away days in the season. It's hard not to be excited. Well. Looking forward to uh, to seeing some some Wrexham fans down there this weekend. I'm glad you're excited. Uh, obviously, I hope you'll be less excited by the end of the game. But um, Nathan, it is a pleasure. We will do it again, hopefully, when uh, we come up to your place, whenever that may be. Thanks Top man, enjoy it. Thanks, mate. Cheers. Bye. Thank you very much to Nathan. We were talking just before that um, about Dale Gorman and the need for a bit of poop housery. And it sounds like a bit of poop housery is uh, what worked for uh, Eastley at Wrexham. But what do you think? Do you think that we could get away with poop housery uh, on Saturday? Or do you think fans are going to expect us to have a go and potentially play into the opposition's hands? I think it's interesting that a chap called Salt thinks that they're going to pepper us. Oh, <laughs> that's good. Um, a good, a well-seasoned joke. There, there it is. Ben. Thank you very much for doubling down. <laughs> Appreciate that. Excellent. I think we haven't got the players to do that type of thing. I mean, if Worthy goes in on someone, he's going to get a straight red card. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not sure we've got that about us. So. You know, and as well as a as a supporter who you know goes to the home games, I you know I do want to see us play football. 
I mean, was Gary Johnson the worst thing that ever happened to the football club because he got us playing football and now all we want to see is us playing football? <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm not sure I understand the sentence. <laughs> it just does not compute. It's no, got I a don't. 404 error flashing across my eyes now. <laughs> That's a technology oh. one. Yeah, too hot. Yeah. It's too hot for that kind of conversation. Yeah, but you know what I mean? Like we we were spoiled with good football. I don't know, it's been a long time ago now. Um, but I feel like the legacy of that is we want to see our team playing football and not, you know, not doing that to other teams and roughing them up. Um, regardless of that, I don't think, like I said, I don't think we've got the players to do that. I think we've got a good we seem to have a, a good defensive, you know, good defensive unit, but the, they've got an embarrassment of riches, haven't they? That their, they're their, going to be able to call on to. Their bench is an utter disgrace. <laughs> yeah. Dolby Davis, Elliot Lee, Jacob Mendy, forgotten about him. Those four, to pick three of them out to come, come, come into a game at any point is. Jordan Davis, he's on there, isn't he? He was their player of the season last season, I think. Yep. Was he on the bench at the weekend? Yeah, came on very quickly, though. I think they had yeah. a bit of an injury. I think O'Connor yeah. got injured. Yeah. He can probably feel hard done by to not be starting games. That just goes to show where they are. And, yeah, I think anything but them going up is going to be seen as an absolute dismal failure, isn't it, on their part? So Yeah. Um, I just don't know how it's going to go on Saturday. That's that's, that's the beauty of football, isn't it, Rin? We've got no idea. No, and I think we can take heart from the fact that we did play well against them twice last year. And I know it's a different group and a different setup and all the rest of it, but they are fallible. <laughs> it sounds ridiculous, but they are and have been to us. And I would expect Josh Staunton to be telling his teammates that look what we look what we achieved last year look what we did um both home and away obviously away we know that we we beat them and we're the only team to do so last year but in the home game we got out and quick we made them sort of hit the back foot i think it was an own goal wasn't it in the end that, that no it was it. tom tom Knowles scored a yeah no but for, for them wasn't it an own goal for them uh mullin scored an absolute worldie yeah uh i can't remember the second one might have been an own goal. Hang on, I shall refer to basketballs. <laughs> but yes, yeah. no you'd like to think great. that that Josh Daunton wouldn't need to tell too many of them because I imagine that the majority of them players who played in those games are still with us. There yeah, can't be too many who aren't. So Morgan Williams own goal. Okay, we won't have any more of that from Morgan. No, we won't. I, I just, but if we can restrict them to, you know, if you want to score a worldie past us, so be it. Um, but at the same time, I think you know. We have got to get out at them. That's how they we were... might. Yeah, I think we might need to close them down a bit quicker than we did on Saturday. It's worth knowing that Easley scored in the 15th minute. They got out, they got at them, they got in their faces and they were rattled a little bit. Not sure what they'll be expecting coming to, to coming to go over, whether they expect to play a little bit more of the away team role and soak up a bit more pressure early on. They won't have, they'll have a, a big crowd. That's, that's for me, the only way to do it. I'd rather have a go. If you set up to defend, if we set up 4-5-1 and defend, they'll beat us 1-0, it'll all be lovely and we'll just move on. But if we have a crack at them but lose 2-0, knowing we had a crack and we had a, a go, I think, I don't know, I think I'd appreciate that more. <laughs> it's as stupid as it sounds. What if we have a crack and lose 5-0? <sighs> I 
That's tough. That, that that's yeah, that's a tough. But is that not the role of the dice you get? Because sometimes we had a crack at them at their place and beat them two zip, and were brilliant, and kept them, you know, kept them at bay. And then when we had the chance to to make advantage of the the man extra, we took it. Do you remember who was on commentary for that day? I bet he didn't use the word two zip. <laughs> <laughs> no one on BBC Somerset would allow that that phrase to be used. <laughs> so I try and get it in on Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, please. That'd be great. Try and do it. Um, yeah. Are you on commentary no. on Saturday? Yes. That was a little plug there, wasn't it? <laughs> it was, yeah. If you want yeah. some... <laughs> people know where to tune into now rather than BBC. Um, yeah. Wait, I'm, so yeah where I'm, are you on commentary then? <laughs> on BBC. Oh, right. Okay. You said, <laughs> so, yeah. you said there, it, like, if people need to know where to tune in and if it's not... Okay. Yeah. He was self, self deprecating day of. He was, he was oh. suggesting the Three Valleys radio viewership might hit double numbers. Right. Well, any <laughs> days. Yeah. Um, I think the other thing that's interesting about Saturday is knowing, or not knowing, what we're going to have in terms of like a crowd. You know, you think of where we finished mm. last season, and you know, I know we've you know people have talked about getting season tickets early doors haven't they then we sold Tom Knowles and people have said now they're not getting season tickets and it's all a little bit what sort of a crowd's going to be there yeah it's um, really it's a really interesting point actually I think it'll go a long way to sort of guiding us through I mean I, I don't know if season tickets sort of come off sale or whether or not they start to become pro rata cheaper I don't know how it works to be honest with you I haven't bought one in a bazillion years um, but yeah it's going to be a really interesting number and if you know, there's a danger that if it goes really badly and there's more Wrexham fans and Yeovil fans, it'll look really horrendous, won't it? If they've packed out the away end and we haven't packed out the home end, that would look pretty horrendous. But similarly, if there's a fair few thousand of green and whites there, that might be an extra talked about today. Chris wants the 12th man, wants the extra help because of how good the fans were at Scunthorpe and how good they have been. So let's hope if there are people going that they are, Right behind the lads. I think he's talking about Dave at Scunthorpe. Especially so, if yeah. anything. Ian so. talking about Clevo giving him pelters <laughs> at half time. <laughs> he said his family were in the away end. Yeah, no, he, uh, I, I reckon he saw me there. And that's why I was saying, that's why he was so complimentary. It was, it was more a case of whether or not his family saw Clevo. Yeah. Giving him pelters. <laughs> that's my family. Yeah. So, someone came over and said to him, Excuse me, that wasn't rubbish. <laughs> so that he didn't he didn't bear a resemblance to um uh to Chris Argus, but it could have been. You never know. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I just I, I just hope we're not rubbish. It's a, fairly, it's a fairly low bar, isn't it? But I do just go into it going, please don't There's rubbish. your title. There's, I just yeah. hope we're not rubbish. <laughs> yeah, that's the replacement for don't go down, don't go bust. Yeah, just, I just hope, I we're, just not hope we're not rubbish. <laughs> All I, want, I don't want a lot. I just hope we're not rubbish. <laughs> yeah. I just hope I just hope we see that last 20 minutes over and over again preferably three and a half times um, that's what I want because I, I really believe there's something there and yeah I don't want us waiting too long for that first win for that first moment for that first celebration that's what I, I don't want to be going into Barnet needing it or going up to Altrincham needing it so okay. let's hope we're not waiting then um, should we take some questions to I think so. 
to, to sort out. I feel like this 30 plus degree heat we're all in is kind of just melting our oh, absolutely. spirits. <laughs> it, it's been an absolute blur, this podcast. I've made no sense at any point, And that's just something that the listeners, both of them, are going to have to deal with. I think it's something they're familiar with in truth, Ben. Uh, probably. All <laughs> uh, right. Chris Sweet asks, given a far from ideal past week or so, how much credence do you give to an ITK account casting doubt over the manager's future? So for those not on Twitter who listen to the podcast, there was a tweet last night from some non Panorama NLITK or yeah, something like that. Yeah, in the no account saying that the manager had offered to resign after the Scunthorpe loss. I think this same account has predicted we would sign... Ed Upson, Brett Pittman, and... Chimanga signing for Luton, I think, about an hour before... Uh, okay, yeah. So he's, they've they've made a few predictions. Um, what do we think? <laughs> How much credence do we give to it? I mean, I, I don't give it much credence, to be honest with you. I think an account like that basically exists to get people to say what a load of rubbish it is and therefore probably deserves that. All I'd say is if Chris Hargreaves did offer to resign, he is a fantastic actor. Give the man an Oscar because um, he shows nothing that gives you any indication that that is anywhere near his mind. So I wouldn't play poker against him if he did. Yeah, if you unless you're going to... No credence unless you're willing to put a name to it, either your name or a source's name or something like that. Just no, just... Maybe the worst thing is it, those kinds of things may well end up being true, but the immediately, the immediately, if someone ITK says something, no, get rid, get gone. You're an anonymous troll who just, yeah, holds no credence of any sort whatsoever with anyone. Oh, two foot, two feet from Ben Barrett there. There we go. She snapped him full Dale Gorman, gone in early. <laughs> is it worthy or Gorman? What do you reckon? One of them. Find out next week on Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. I bet they won't be in the set. They can't be seen against wow. each other, I reckon. More than 66.66%. Do you reckon yeah. one of them gets sent off this weekend? Mm. Just to avoid both of them. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, Robin Bachelor, what are the biggest positives going into Wrexham? Last week, I was pleased with the strength and pace of Linton and liked Fisher's hard work and effort to get on the end of crosses, even though it didn't come off. Uh, the one thing I found that I think to be a positive when going into Wrexham is the ample parking in and around the stadium. Very good, very good. At Wrexham. In Wrexham? Yeah, yeah. Did you not find that when we went there? No. Oh, I, I mean, I don't I, think I, I think Robin's talking about. I'm fully aware. I was being I was being <laughs> facetious. Um, well, Robin's never going to. I mean, he's it, it he's asked two back. questions. He's asked two questions. He keeps but... coming back for more. Dave keeps <laughs> having a go at him. Well, he, he sent me he sent me a message and he told me that he is going to be at um, Gateshead York, and he told me that he is going to be at the Woking game at uh, at Gateshead, but that's only because he's got a friend who is a Gateshead season ticket holder, so he promises he'll be in the home end. And he also said, and this made me laugh, he said, you, you should back yourself in a fight against me, by the way. I've never been in one and have all the poise of an elephant on a trampoline, which conjured <laughs> up a wonderful image for me. <laughs> but I did, I did say an elephant on a trampoline could still be very dangerous. You know, <laughs> you, could, you could get on that, couldn't you? But yeah. 
I think you struggle to find something more dangerous than an elephant on a trampoline. <laughs> I, the titles are just coming thick and fast. <laughs> it's the heat. It's uh, the heat. Um, so seriously, other than parking at Wrexham, which, you know, bears no relation to us playing Wrexham at Hewis Park on Saturday. Positives? Po- positives. Uh, as we were saying before, Charlie Wakefield, get him on the ball, get him playing down the right wing, let him take on whichever multi-million pound uh, left back they've got playing against him. Uh, get balls into Malachi Linton. Looks like he could do something. Get him and Fisher linking up. There could be there could be something nice happening there. Our defence plays like a defence rather than five blokes that never met each other uh, like they did in the first half. Um, Grant Smith as a worldie or Will Buse begins his uh, charge towards the number one jersey for Christmas, quote unquote, Ian Perkins. How about those things? That'll do. That'll, That'll do. do. I'll I'll chuck in Jamie Record as well. Jamie Record. Yeah, With a bit well, between his teeth against his former club. Yeah. Well, Nathan there did say about Jamie Record. He said he listened to his he said he listened to his well, yeah, the, the listeners have heard what he said. But um yeah, I was a bit surprised he said that he thought Jamie Record was really pumped up. I know he mentioned it before the at the end of the Scunfort game, didn't he? But there was nothing in Jamie Record's demeanour that made me thought he was really pumped. Maybe just a relaxed kind of guy, but yeah. Yeah. He was excited for it. He said he looked out for it, but yeah, really pumped up. I, I mean, he'll be up for it, but that's because I think he wants to make an impression against a former club. I don't know. Unless he's got some old beef. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> why Why would you laugh at old beef? Strange sentence. Just strange phraseology, Ben. I'm just taking it literally rather than the, <laughs> rather than the way. <laughs> Got some old beef in the fridge. Um, <laughs> uh, Robin has also asked, "Where do you think we need to strengthen?" We've answered this, haven't we? Where do we need to strengthen positionally? After watching the Scunthorpe highlights back, the space in midfield was shocking. With Staunton and others taking ages to track back, would like to see perhaps a holding midfielder to provide some competition. He's throwing your mate Josh under the bus there a little bit, isn't he? How very day. Taking it? ages to track back. There was one point where I thought, "Ooh." He was just slow. overrun because no one else was helping him. Love <laughs> you, Josh. Can't do it all on his own. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we kind of, we, we have covered this, but yes, I, I suppose my Del Gorman reflection after a couple of sleeps kind of, it's along the same lines as you're thinking there, Robin. Mm. Maybe we can get Gilberto Silva at our time. He'd be perfect for that. Um, Claude Makaleli, please. <laughs> A uh, question here from Ben Barrett. Hi, a long-time fan, first-time GCQ's tweeter. Uh, I've been to the zoo today. It was fun. What's your favourite zoo animal? They had a dinosaur exhibit there. What's your favourite dinosaur? Go well, Ben, aged 34 and a half. Sounds like a stand-up kind of fellow. Um, favorite... handsome. handsome too, I hear. Really? Okay. Mm. Modest? <laughs> Not so much on the modesty, no. no, no, no. Okay, uh, my favourite zoo animal, a pangolin. Great choice. Uh, yeah, yeah. And my favourite dinosaur, what was the one in Jurassic Park that it's fr- like, had that frill around his head and then it spat poison into people's eyes? Baryonyx. Um, I have a fun fact about that dinosaur. Was it called a baryonyx? I, no, I'm trying to think. I've got that mixed up. I've, I've still got a fun fact about the dinosaur. <laughs> that sounds like some kind of like 1970s cabaret singer. Baryonyx. <laughs> Baryonyx is a dinosaur, but that wasn't it. That wasn't it. So Barry I've White, a, a Barry White stereophonics. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> Combo band. 
Do you want to hear my fun fact about the dinosaur that is in the Mariana? Yeah. So you know the. You. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we just ended into fast. You know the um the things on the side of its face that Dave did the little jazz hands with, right? Yes. They no one saw the jazz hands, but you they know. they don't exist. They were added by Steven Spielberg <sighs> so that they could differentiate between that and the Velociraptor. Really? There you go. They, they, there is no scientific evidence that they ever existed. Now you're going to tell me that, that genetically modified thing they made for the uh, sequels because they had to make an even more fearsome dinosaur than a T-Rex. I've got you another. You're tell me that that's not a real dinosaur. I don't know about that, but I have another, I have another dinosaur fact that blows my mind. In terms of... You never let Ben go to the zoo before know, he comes on here. So, so I, I've known this before the zoo, but it's still in my mind. In terms of a timeline, we are as close to T-Rex. Humans are as close to T-Rex as T-Rex is to Stegosaurus. What? I don't know what that means. So it means it, there was a, you... many years between the Stegosaurus and the T-Rex. Oh, okay. So a Stegosaurus and the T-Rex would never have met, ever. <laughs> Except in Jurassic Park. Except in Jurassic Park. Or at the zoo today at Yorkshire Wildlife Park. Oh, there you, there go. you go. Sorry, there you go. Great. Is great that Yorkshire talking. Wildlife Park, the one with the polar bears? Yeah, they were having a less fun time than I was today. Yeah, I went there on a really hot day as well. They were, yeah, and they they put these like massive blocks of ice in yeah, there. Yeah, do all that. Okay. Yeah. 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 There you go. Good, good wildlife park though. If you're ever in Yorkshire. Not that much of our listenership is going to be in Yorkshire very often. Anyway. Did you get any advertising there, Ben? You, you could. I'm have... not sure. Colin <laughs> might go off the back of it. My team. So there you go. Uh, yeah, um, Ian, uh, favorite zoo animal slash dinosaur, please. Uh, an elephant on a trampoline. <laughs> and... It'll be a woken against Kate's head. <laughs> and the, the dinosaur. Ah, just got to go with a classic, haven't you? You got to go with a T Rex for me, Clive. <laughs> do you want another? Do you want a T Rex fact? Uh, I, do, do I have a choice? Nope. So it is thought now, relatively recently, it's thought that the reason their arms were so small is that over generations they grew smaller because smaller animals, when they were like feasting on a dead body of like a whatever that was dead, when they were feasting in the feasting frenzy, smaller animals would rip their arms off. So it was just safer for them to keep them tucked in and over time they became smaller. Wow. Wow. Okay. And what was your favorite zoo animal? Um, I had a lot of time for the polar bears, but I saw the way my son got excited about the rhinos. And I think I like the rhinos because I saw him get, they were coming out doing all rhino y stuff. And he was like, <laughs> yeah. What is rhino y stuff? Gonna say well, a quick definition of rhino stuff. Like, um, like, I don't know, like, oh, God, I'm, geez, I was going to say horny then. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a hate. Right That's not the right word. Um, just like running into stuff. Right. Passion into stuff. Like Del Gorman. Like, yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah. So yes. And okay. my favorite, my favorite dinosaur is a stegosaurus. Those plates are awesome. Do you want a stegosaurus fact? I'd love one. Um the T-Rex never met a stegosaurus. <laughs> there we go. Um Andy has re- Andy has replied to your question. Andy at Yappam Road, least favorite dinosaurs, Fry and Haywood. Oh, I there like we it. Go. There we go. There we Topical. Can. Back back to topic. Like it. Uh, Craig McCann, with it being so hot, what is hot, Craig? It is hot. Chris was asked about it today in the press conference. So, <laughs> what's the hottest 
wettest and coldest games of Yeovil-related football you have watched? Oh, wow. Coldest, Carlisle in the FA Cup. Uh, no, there was, I got two. So, mm, Can't have two. On a, technic- well, on a technicality, I never, I never watch Oval, but the postponed Hartlepool game in the <laughs> FA Cup, where we, we, we all got there, and then we were like, well, this clearly game was never going to take place. They haven't even bothered to clear the pitch. And all the Oval fans had to go back and come back on a Tuesday night. That was pretty cold. But any game at Oldham Athletic is the answer. Uh, Oldham Athletic is the coldest ground I've ever been to. Pretty chilly there. Yeah. Wettest would have to be that York game on oh, the Tuesday York? night. You remember York where it, on Tuesday night when James yes. Derrick scored against us. Oh, God. Open terrace and it pissed it down the whole game. Sorry, Debs, but it did. I, I seem to remember a particularly moist game at Accrington as well. Um, don't, don't laugh at moist. <laughs> Must have played well that night. There, were, <laughs> there was some precipitation at Accrington one time, but you're right, that York game, I'd forgotten about that. Yeah, that was... That was damp. And what was the other one? The hottest? The hottest. I've got to say, got... The, the pre-season game against Exeter that I just watched oh, this okay. summer was I, up there. I was going to say Rochdale first game in the Football League. That was mm. absolutely Scorchio, that. Scorchio. Scorchio. The playoff semi-final, Sheffield United was pretty warm. Pretty warm. Yeah. Pretty toasty. It is warm, isn't it? Definitely not moist. <laughs> Right, move on before he says moist again. <laughs> well, that's all the questions, I think. Oh. <laughs> so, Ben, if you want to say moist one more time, feel moist. free. <laughs> what better place to leave it? Uh, go well while I'm in rainy Northern Ireland for the next week. Wait, so what? you're going to South Gloucestershire, aren't you? <laughs> Shopping. <laughs> um, breaking news, I'm not here Sunday either. Oh. Dave, we're going to do the quality mate. of this podcast is going to go through the roof. Unbelievable this job. weekend. I need to find myself some mates, don't I? I'll see see what it is on my birthday as well. You're going to leave me on my birthday. There you go. I'll well, find we've got we friends. could we could hand it over to people if you want to, Dave. Yeah, take it off, mate. It's fine. No, no, no. That's it. I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna be a martyr. No. All right. Well, you've heard it, here, listeners. He was given the choice and has chosen not to take it. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping Gavin Williams comes forward and offers to do it. Just because Ben said last time, why does it always have to be Gavin Williams? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would definitely raise the quality of the podcast. Uh, before we go, before we call it a day, moist. And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. There's Lindergaard making Forrest back pedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found him via the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from Trott. Go!